Uh, thank you, David, and, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk to everyone today. Pretty tricky times at the moment. Um, I'm going to speak for a little bit under 10 minutes, and then, and then I'll pass to some of the very interesting companies that, that David and the team have organised uh, you to hear from today. So I might just start with a general advice disclaimer on page two of the presentation, which is just basically saying, this is general advice, it's not personal advice. If I end up saying something and you do it and, and it doesn't work out well, and um, you know, not, not so much you're on your own, but we, we are not providing personal advice, just general advice today. So I'll try and get things as right as I can, but I can't be held too accountable to it. So I'll just go to the, the next slide, which is really putting the markets in context. I'm a bit of a Simpsons fan. There's a character in the Simpsons known as Comic Book Guy, and he calls things the worst XXX ever. This is the worst year ever for investment markets. And this is data back to 1928 uh, from the Stern uh, Business School at New York University. Um, and it's the worst year combined for both equities and bond markets. So we've got the, the MSCI World Index uh, on one axis, the ret annual return, and we've got the annual return from the bond market, which is um, characterized by the Bloomberg Barclays Global Aggregate. And this is the worst year. When you have a big meltdown in the bond market, like you've had this year, where it's fallen 20%, equity markets generally do quite well because it means that, um, that the, growth, the growth is strong. The reason interest rates are going up is because growth is strong. But this year, it's been, it's been horrible. So I'm, I'm pretty, my, my narrative you're going to hear in the next five or so minutes is not a particularly positive one, but just put it into context that markets already fallen a long way. The Aussie market, not so much, but global markets are down in some cases, 20 and 30%. So just going to the next chart, there is um, um, mounting macro misery. Um, I'll borrow that from PIMCO, the global fund manager. So just this idea of, of mounting macro misery. So a recession more often than not, and sticky inflation, tighter for longer uh, interest rates and, and cracks starting to appear. So just going to the next chart, which is looking at the misery index. So if you add the unemployment rate and the inflation rate together, that's what economists know as the misery index. And it has peaked in the 1970s and has been going down. So misery has been going down. We're becoming happier and happier. We've all got a job. There's no inflation. And that's just started to turn around. So this is looking at the US, UK, Canada, Europe, and Japan. And around the world, it's a global issue that inflation is causing misery in lots and lots of countries. So just going to the next chart, if I can. So the, the probability of recession is quite high now. So it's pretty much a certainty that the US will be in recession, according to the conference board. And I'll show you some uh, forecasts of what growth looks like for next year uh, on the next chart, if you'd like to click over to that. Um, so uh, we'll just stay on this one. Um, so the reason we're gonna have a recession is that there's three wars going on. One is the Russia-Ukraine war. The second one is the central banks fighting against inflation. And the third is the lockdowns in China, which Xi Jinping kind of confirmed on the weekend that the Chinese government will continue to lock down their economy because their health system can't stand a breakout. And so we're going to have these rolling lockdowns, which are just going to stop world growth. And if you're not bearish enough there, Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan, said at the IMF, you haven't panicked yet, you were going to. And the chief economist of the IMF said the worst is yet to come. So people are becoming quite bearish on the outlook for the economy. We are going to have a recession uh, next year. So global growth estimates on the next page, um, just showing how much analysts have revised, or economists actually, have revised their estimates for GDP growth for next year. So the UK is, in, is going to be in recession. It looks like all the other major economies, uh, their growth is being revised down quite dramatically. It's only really China at plus five, Australia at plus two, um, maybe Japan at plus one and a half. Most other countries are expected to go into recession next year. So we are going to have a synchronised global slowdown next year. Um, so just going forward uh, to the next chart, in, um, unemployment will be expected to rise. So with inflation picking up, 
central banks are going to hike up rates and that's going to cause un, uh, unemployment. So it's currently estimated to be 3.7% by the end of this year in the US, rising to 4.3% next year, then 4.9% in 24 before coming back down again in, in, uh, in 2025. So in unemployment going up uh, a fair way to combat the inflation. If we just look at inflation as the, as the next issue, the next chart, uh, inflation is sticky. So inflation causes more inflation. It's got what's called serially correlated, serially autocorrelated. So when you get some inflation in the system, it's very hard to get out. If anyone's listening to this call or watching this webinar that lived through the 1970s, they'll just remember wages go up, prices go up, wages go up, prices go up. And that's what we're facing at the moment. And, and central banks don't want that to happen. So they're going to be aggressive in terms of hiking rates. So just go to the next chart, just showing the, um, the expectations for cash futures. That This is at, as of yesterday morning. And you can see that cash rates in the US are expected to peak somewhere close to 5% and somewhere around four and a quarter in Australia. You'll also notice a differential in the, in the interest rates. So US interest rates will be significantly higher than Aussie interest rates in the early part of next year, uh, particularly as the Fed's going to go 75 next week and the RBA is probably going to go 25. That'll put more pressure on the Aussie dollar because you can get a higher yield on US dollars than Aussie dollars. So uh, tighter for longer monetary policy. Uh, and the RBA is not expected to cut rates uh, until kind of 2025. So we're going to have high interest rates and they're going to stay high for a while. So that's not particularly good for equities. So just going to the next chart, which is uh, some cracks are starting to appear. This is a bit of a busy chart, but basically the uh, UK bond market started to get into trouble because there's a lot of pension funds who have long dated liabilities and they were finding uh, trouble getting out of that market. And the Bank of England had to step in. If I go to the next chart, just looking at the, um, the fixed rate mortgage rate market in the US. So it's now 7.2% to borrow money to buy a house in America on a 30 year fixed rate loan, which is what most Americans do. That's a very, very high spread. You can see it's higher than it was pre-GFC, higher than before the tech wreck. So that's a warning sign itself. It's very, very hard to get money and it's very, very expensive to get money. So uh, funding rates are going up and that's another uh, um, condition of stress, if you like. Uh, and then sort of finally, okay, what do we do about all this? So we go to the next uh, chart, please. Um, we'll just skip over that. Uh, that's more central banks stepping in. So we're favoring defensive over growth asset. We're adding duration to fixed income portfolios. We're remaining unhedged. We think the currency could go lower and we're building resilient equity portfolios. And that, those equity portfolios might include some small and micro cap companies that are not tied to the economy. I think the stories you're hearing today, they're, the, story, the companies will have their own growth um, strategies which won't necessarily be tied to the market. So you can have some of the companies that are uh, talking today in your portfolio, despite the fact they're not particularly bullish on the market. So just finally, just so our positioning in our portfolios, the final chart is just looking, we are overweight energy. We think it makes sense to own some oil um, and we're underweight the banking sector. So I probably used up my time now, David. Um, great to, to be on this call again and uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you again later. Thanks, Martin. As always, some uh, fantastic insights and gives a really good flavour to what the market is doing, what you, what Shore and Partners' views are uh, and where you think things could go. Obviously, not giving advice, just giving your own personal insights and some uh, and uh, some some insights, as I said, into to where things have come from, where they're going. Um, and we always enjoy having you on. So, Martin, thanks for your time. Enjoy the weekend. Um, we look forward to getting you back on again soon. Thanks, David.